Father, I praise you and I thank you for the opportunity now to talk about what you love. You love it when we honor what you said, that we would love you with all our heart, with all our might, with all our soul, with all our strength, and that we would do that, God, every moment of the day, every second we, we have an opportunity to think. And we're going to talk, Lord, about ways to connect with you and ways to know your love. And I pray right now, Lord, you'll dig into that time with us and take us there. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 22, verse 3 says this, God inhabits the praise of his people. God inhabits the praise of his people. When you and I praise God, when you and I worship God, we connect with God in an incredibly powerful and beautiful and meaningful way. And God loves it. God loves when we do that. So let me just kind of emphasize this. When we talk about worship, which we're talking about right now, and we're gonna talk about one aspect of worship. There are actually five we're gonna go into during our series. But one of them is when we give God praise, either by speaking praise or by singing singing praise. And God says that he inhabits the praise of his people. He comes close. We connect with him. And when that happens, we experience his presence. We experience his power. We experience his promises and we get his peace. See, in a time we need peace, God says he'll connect to us. He'll come close to us. And then we can experience his peace in a powerful way, along with this power and promises and presence. And so here's what I do want to say again, but we worship God not for us. We worship God not for what we get. We worship God because we love him. But then all those things come to us. All those things happen. By the way, uh, worshiping truly is a powerful way to combat depression and anxiety. Um, It is a tool that will actually help you in times where maybe anxiety is beginning to come or depression uh, is beginning to take hold of you. And, And it's a real way to counteract depression and anxiety. I know that's true for me personally. When I'm down or when I'm scared, I personally find worship as a way to lift me out of it. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, during this season, there's been some moments I thought, okay, I'm not real happy with what's happening. I could feel that tinge of anxiety rising to become something more than a tinge. I could feel worry beginning to come. And I'm smart enough to know prayer helps, but I'm also smart enough to know praise helps. And uh, by the way, uh, there's a, a song. I actually usually go to YouTube and put it on, uh, but it's in my playlist too. And Laura, I bet you can guess what song I always go to. Father's Heart. Father's Heart, yes. It's my favorite worship song right now. And uh, you know what? I, I get to see these, sing these words. And of course, you sing them with meaning. So I'll be driving in my car, lifting them up to God. Or I'll be sitting in my house or my office. And it says there's a love that silences all fear and... Anxiety? Anxiety, is it? Or dismay? This way, okay. <laughs> okay, I might have written the words down wrong because I wrote them no, from memory. Right. Okay, right. but I wrote them from memory because I love this song. There's a love that silences all fear and dismay. There's a hope that shines a light through the darkest days. There's a peace that calms the storms when chaos reigns. There's a love that is breaking all anxiety. When I heard that, that line, I was... Uh, helping a couple people who are dealing with deep anxiety. And I said, hey, this can help. This can help. Does it cure it? No, but does it help? Yes. 
It does help. And that is like a gift you've given to them. When those words came out from you and your team, and they could know that there's a love that's breaking all anxiety. It's a love so capturing it sets us free. By the way, I love that line. Um, but here's where I'm going with it. Why does that happen? It's not because we're singing a song. It's because God inhabits the praise of his people. God is coming close. The Bible says, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And when you and I worship God, God comes near. And then we interact with him. We connect with him. We find the power of God, the peace of God, the promises of God. We all find all that happening in our lives. And so you and I, you and I can experience God in a special way when that happens. So there's no doubt about it that in that kind of a moment, God comes near and God comes close. And, and then incredible things happen. So not only does our praising God cause him to come and inhabit the praise and us connect with him, it also lifts us out of a depression time, an anxiety time, or at least it helps a lot. And I mean a lot. And then something else it does, it drives away the enemy. Because when the presence of God comes, the enemy can't stay. And so the Bible teaches there really is spiritual warfare going on. And praise is an important part of spiritual warfare. Uh, King Saul in the Old Testament was being plagued by a true demon. A demonic presence would come upon him. It would oppress him. It, it would vigilantly attack him. And the only thing that gave him relief... The only thing that set him free was when David, who was not king yet, David would come and worship the Lord. He would come and sing the Psalms and the demon would flee. The demon would flee. And that can actually happen. That could truly occur. Um, I used to attend a church or be a pastor at a church called Christ Church of the Valley. That's where Tim and I connected. And uh, uh, I don't even know if you remember this, but we had this huge event happening. And I remember I showed up early and I walked in and uh, someone said, hey, there's some visitors here. And I thought, okay, cool. So I walk over to meet them and I see these two women and they're carrying a baby. And I gotta say, there was something wrong with the baby. And so they turned to look at me and they looked really nervous. And I said, hey, no, 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 I... I, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. I hope you love being here. And they kind of looked at me afraid. And, and I thought, okay, I got to get away. Something's awkward here. And then what happened is I didn't know it at the time. Our senior pastor, Ron Keller, we loved Ron Keller, right? We still love Ron Keller. Ron walked up on him. And what these women were doing is they were going to each chair like this and mumbling over each chair. They truly were into witchcraft. They were a part of a coven. A coven, coven, anyway. Uh, and, and they were cursing each chair. And Ron walked up on him and Ron said, oh my goodness, I am so glad you're here. And he said, by the way, I've already prayed over each one of those chairs. <laughs> and so he said, so what you're doing isn't gonna work. He goes, but you know what? I wanna get you the best seat. So Ron put him <laughs> in the front row in the first two seats. Uh, they wanted to keep their baby with them and they were like, okay, keep them. And so what happened is Ron comes back and goes, there's witches in the room. He was so excited. And uh, so then the praise started. And, and by the way, our church prays just like Crossroads. And, and all of a sudden the praise started and I'm standing in the back and I see the two women get up. They start running down the aisle. I don't mean walking. They were running like with this baby. And I'm thinking, they're gonna hurt the baby. And I'm trying to get them to slow down. And they go running past me and they go out in the parking lot. Well, Ron saw them. So now Ron ran down the aisle too. Everybody else is just praising God. But Ron's chasing the witches into the parking lot. <laughs> Like you do. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> like he would do, you, yeah. And he caught him and he said, come back in, come back in. And they said, we are not gonna come in there if you keep doing that. That that was worship. The worship was powerful. The worship was where God inhabited the praise of his people and it drove the enemy away. Right now, if you think there's something going on in your life, a darkness that you can't quite define, the Bible teaches that when you and I connect with God in praise and worship him and he draws near to us, that the enemy will flee. The enemy will flee. And you'll find relief for you. You'll find relief for your family. You'll find incredible things happening. So we're going to be talking about worship. And we're going to actually tonight center in on the idea of words of affirmation to God, uh, which we call praise, either spoken or sung. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about it. Interestingly, uh, there's a book out called The Five Love Languages. It's a classic. And I love The Five Love Languages. And according to uh, Gary Chapman, who wrote the book, all of us uh, need all five of the love languages. And what are those? It's words of affirmation. It's quality time. It's giving of gifts. It's acts of service. And it's physical touch. Now, we all need all five of those, but according to Chapman, and I think he's right, usually one or two of those stands out to each one of us. Uh, by the way, uh, anybody know your love language? What's yours? Quality time. Quality, okay. Quality time. Quality time. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. What's yours? Uh, words of affirmation. Oh, words of affirmation. All right. What's yours? Words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. I'm glad you're sitting next to each other. You could, during the sermon, they could tell each other cool things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, mine, by the way, is physical touch. I'm a physical touch guy. And uh, I also um, am somebody who loves words of affirmation. Now, my wife, Pam's a quality time person. She is big on quality time. Like if she ever has a chance to do road trips, man, she just loves the quality time. But, but here's what I want you to know is God loves love. God gave us the gift of love. I think God taught us the languages of love. And God, being God who's perfect, he loves all five. So what we are gonna talk about each of the five weeks of this series is how you and I can encounter God showing love to him in a way that literally blesses the heart of the Father as we, his children, Show him how much we love him. And that's what we call worship. So words of affirmation, God loves. He loves them. He praises, uh, uh, he gets blessed when we do them. And so we need to understand that the author of love, the inventor of love, the creator of us, wants us to love him. I quoted this verse already, but Jesus was asked this question, what's the greatest of all the commandments? And in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven and 38, it says, and he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the great and foremost commandment. Now it is a commandment. It's the greatest commandment, but it's also God's greatest desire that you and I would love him with everything within us from the depths of our soul, filling our heart, flowing into our mind, captivating us with him. And if you love God like that, then it has to come out. It can't stay inside. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, we speak. And if I love God with all my heart, then I'm gonna bring God up. I'm gonna talk about God. I'm gonna wanna sing incredible songs to the Lord and lift him up and, and, and let him know how much I love him. 
In 1 John 4, 7 and 8, it says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The very definition of my truly knowing God is that I'm filled with love for him and for others. Uh, by the way, even for myself, you know, you're supposed to actually love yourself. Um, and, and God wants you to be a person who just is filled with love and emanates love and, and, and lives out love. And one of the ways we do that is with him, towards him, for him, by lifting up praise to him. David, who was a man after God's own heart, the one I told you, whenever he worshiped, the demons fled. He said these words in Psalm 34, verses one to eight. It says, I will bless the Lord, look at this, at all times. Not sometimes, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. Now I want you to catch that. He says, I boast about God. I boast in my love for God. I I proclaim it from the rooftops. I shout it whenever I have a chance. I get excited about it. I get enthusiastic about it. I get passionate about it because I love God so much. I boast in him. It says, the humble will hear of it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And then it says in verse four, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were never be ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And then I love this promise. The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him and he rescues them. And then it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So David says, you know what I'm gonna do? Because I love God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless him at all times. I'm gonna make a boast in God. I'm gonna tell of the greatness of who he is. And David was a man, <laughs> I love this. David was a man of his word because all his words proved true in the book of Psalms, which he wrote most of the Psalms praising God. God loves it. He loves it when we do that. He loves it when we tell him we love him. He even loves it more, get ready, when you tell him why you love him. And that's what this whole idea of showing God worship through words of affirmation means, is we affirm he is great. We affirm that he is good. Uh, we affirm that he's our father who loves us. We affirm that, that he brings a love so amazing it captures every part of who we are. I love that song. And, uh, and, and, and he, affir- he, he loves that. When we sing that song, Good, Good Father, I mean, it touches the very heart of God who loves us And why does he love us singing that? Because he loves you. He loves you. He cares about you. He moved heaven and earth to have a relationship with you. And when you say Abba or Papa, he's like, there you are, my child. And in that moment, something incredible happens. Something between us and God occurs because we connect with him in really meaningful and deep ways. And so what we need to understand is that God loves it when we say things to him or sing things to him from our heart. Now, it's not just the singing. It's got to be from the heart. It's not just the saying. It's from the heart. It's an overflow of who we are. I, uh, I know my mom used to uh, say this to me. I've got a feeling, no matter how old or how young you are, that if you had a relationship with your mom, she said this to you. Uh, there was a moment uh, where your, your mom was talking to you, and she said, you better watch what you're saying. And you go, what did I say? And she says these words, it's not what you said, it's 
how you said it. Yeah. See, that's generational. That goes back to Adam and Eve. She got on her kids too. But here's the thing is God wants you to say it in the right way. And because he loves you, he actually shares with you what's meaningful to him. So here's where I'm going to go with this. When we go to the Old Testament, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And it talks a lot, actually 160 times, just with one word of how we're supposed to praise God. It's the Hebrew word to Hallel. Hallel. It's where we get the English word hallelujah. Uh, and 160 times, God lets us know that he loves it when we Hallel him. And it's how we say it, how we say it that matters. The word Hallel literally means to make a show to boast. Remember David said, I boast in the Lord. And thus to be, I love this part, clamorously foolish to rave. So you know what? God wants you to be at a rave, a rave with him and for him. And so that word is interestingly used in Genesis 12, 15, where a bunch of men saw Sarah and how beautiful she was. And they hallowed her. They were like, oh my gosh, did you see her? She's so, you know, and they couldn't hold it in. I uh, saw two women in our church one time Hallelling firefighters. <laughs> and they didn't know it. I walked up on them as they were doing it. And they're like, oh, so embarrassed. They said, okay, you know, that's fun. But, but it's interesting that very often that just comes out and it's enthusiastic and exciting. You cannot hallel and not be enthusiastic and not be excited and not be passionate because God, God's that great. God's that good. And when we begin to praise God in this way, this is one of the many ways we praise him. It's not just what we say, it's how we say it. And so we should be almost clamorously foolish in what we do. David one time did that. It's one of my favorite stories in all the Bible. Uh, David had a desire to bring the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, to Jerusalem where he could eventually build a temple for God. And so what happened is it went all wrong in the beginning. They didn't read the Old Testament. They didn't go by the instructions of what God told them to do. And so disaster struck. And so they left the Ark with a certain man and God's blessing was that man. God blessed him, blessed him, blessed him. And the word came back to David and said, you know the man who's guarding the Ark for you? God is blessing him in incredible ways. Why? Because the Ark was a sign of God's presence and whenever God's presence comes, there's always blessing. Mm. By the way, whenever we praise God and his presence comes, there's always blessing. So David now figured out how to get the ark, how to do it correctly based on studying God's word. He brings together a delegation and they go to get the ark and they just take a few steps and they realize it's going to work. We're going to be successful. We're going to get there. And they are so excited. They can't almost stand it. And then David begins to do something. In 2 Samuel 6, verse 14, it says, And David was dancing before the Lord, and notice those next words, with all his might. Not just a little. He was going for it. He was dancing. Uh, Lori, I'm calling you out a lot tonight. One time I was preaching at one of our next-gen services, and Laura talked me into dancing on stage. <laughs> And I was clamorously foolish uh, with all my might. Yeah, the word that. was undignified. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, undignified would be a better word for it because I 
Anyway, uh, so what, what I want to say, though, is he's going crazy. He's going nuts. He's giving everything he has in this moment. And it says that a David was wearing a linen ephod. Now, why is that important? It means it's kind of like that long, almost uh, a robe uh, kind of thing that he had on. And so he's now, as he jumps and dances, it starts rising into the air, which I did not do. Thankfully, yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 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 So it goes on to say this in verse 15. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of a trumpet. And then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And don't miss this line. She despised him in her heart. He's worshiping God with everything he has, and she's just so angry at him and getting so bitter and so bitter and so bitter. And then it says this. It says in verse 17, So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent where David had pitched the tent for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. He's giving gifts to God. And then it says, When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, the Lord of hosts. Further, he distributed to all the people, to all the multitude of Israel, both the men and the women, a cake of bread and one of dates and one of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed to his house. But when David returned to bless his household, Michael, who was his wife, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how the king of Israel distinguished himself today. He uncovered himself today in the eyes of the servants' maids as one of the foolish uh, ones shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, here's what David says, I will celebrate before him. He said, nothing's going to stop me. You're not going to stop me. You're not going to shame me. You're not going to try to embarrass me. I will never stop celebrating before the Lord. And he said, I will be more lightly esteemed than this and will be humble in my own eyes. But with the maids whom you have spoken, with them I will be distinguished. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. David said, nothing will stop me from praising God. Nothing will will stop me. I I don't care how I look. I don't care how I sound. I am just going to give everything I can to lifting God up. And God looked at David and said, you're a man after my own heart. And I love you. And I love how you love me back. That's what God saw in that moment. That's what God wanted us to understand. It's kind of interesting that if you fast forward from this particular event that occurred uh, hundreds of thousands of years later, Jesus is coming into the city of Jerusalem. Just like the ark was coming in before, Jesus is coming in now. And the people go crazy and start screaming, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he in the name of the Lord. They start throwing their coats on the ground. They start throwing palm branches on the ground. And the Pharisees despise what's happening. And they scream to Jesus, tell them to stop, tell them to stop. And remember what Jesus said? Some of you know it right away. Jesus said, if these stop, even the stones will cry out. In this moment, Jesus said, nothing's going to stop the praise, the, the hallelujah of God. And it's interesting to me that Michael, who was not walking with God, could not stand praise. 
The Pharisees, who were the enemies of Jesus, could not stand praise. And as I just told you a little earlier, Satan himself cannot stand praise. But God loves it. God loves it. And God wants you just to let it go. God wants you to let it out. God wants you to show forth. And so one of the words, one of the most used words for praise in all the Bible is the word Hillel, where you just scream it out to God or sing it out to God and you don't hold back and you just let it go, let it go. Um, I love all these guys and I love the talent they have and their ability to sing. Uh, God did not, uh, God has given me the ability to sing, just not sing well. (laughs) And I haven't done it in a long time, but I like to tell this story. I, I used to every now and then go to the sound guy and say, hey, during worship, put me, uh, my mic in their ears while they're singing. And I am just going to go for it. <laughs> and you see the pain of that moment. And I'm clamorously foolish. But you know what? It's God I know loves that. So the number one used for praise in the Bible is the word Hillel. The number two word used for praise in the Bible is a Hebrew word yada, And it's used 120 times. It literally means to lift your hands, hold out your hands, or extend your hands. 120 times God says, come and just do this. Come reach out for me because God inhabits that praise. God comes near. When we see, how do you draw near to God? This is one way. You reach out and say, God, I need you. God, I love you. God, I, I, I'm cheering for you. God, I'm so excited to be near your presence or in your presence. And, and God loves that. Uh, one of the places that word is used is in Psalm 134, verse 1, where it says, Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord, who serve him by night in the house of the Lord. Let your hands, or let, lift up your hands, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Just, God, I love you. Um, one of the greatest joys I have is when my grandchildren will run to me and throw their hands in the air. Uh, by the way, uh, it, it, I, I tr- keep trying to win them over, but uh, Laura, I keep calling you out tonight. But the, uh, one day Sage, uh, they have the cutest little boy, Sage. Sage comes walking up to me and all of a sudden he does this. And I was like, oh my, and my heart is so excited. And I, I, I just got thrilled with it. And I'm standing there going, oh my goodness, you know. And I just love when I, I have that interaction with them. You know, and here's what I didn't do. I didn't go, put down your hands, you little charismatic. You know, I, <laughs> show some dignity. No. In that moment, you're just so in love with what happens. Um, because I, I love our church family, there's so many times kids will come running up to me and throw their hands in the air. Or they just want to come and be near. And I'm, I mean, I just feel like just so blessed by what they're doing. God gets blessed when you do that too. When you're saying, God, I just love you. God, I care about you. God, I need you. God, I want to praise you. And he just loves it. Now, I know there's some out there, and I already know this, you're saying, well, that's just not me. You know, Chuck, you're a pretty enthusiastic guy. I'm not. Chuck, you don't care what people think, you know, in those moments. I do. You know, it's just not who I am. So I want to ask you a question. Is it not who you are when you're born again? Or are you thinking about your old man, your old self? Because I can tell you something is when you're born again as a child of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, it is you. 
And it's time that you start grabbing a hold of your true identity and not let the world press you into its mold. Not let the history of who you've been hold you back. God doesn't want that for you. God wants you to come to him with everything of who you are and experience him in the deepest of ways. There's a geneticist who's actually a neuroscientist who's a geneticist, which is brilliant. Um, His name is Dean Hammer. And Dean Hammer actually did studies on people who said that they had connected themselves with God. That what happened is they either were hallelujahing the Lord or they were having that moment of lifting their hands and reaching out to God or some way they, they began to experience the presence of God, which is wild. One of the things he talked about is how many people said in that moment, I can feel God. I can feel God. Yeah. Evan, you were talking about how you felt God one yeah. time. Yeah, I was leading worship uh, one time up at a, a winter retreat. And um, I just, I was leading worship, eyes closed, looking up. Somebody came, came and stood next to me. I felt a warm presence just standing next to me, worshiping, and kept my eyes closed, kept worshiping, and then looked at the end of the song. No one was there. I said to someone that was there, I said, hey, who, who came and stood next to me? They said, nobody. I didn't see. I said, there was someone I felt a presence. You and can I know feel it was God. God. I felt him there. Absolutely. I knew he was there. Yeah, yeah. Have, have some of you guys felt God in worship before, like felt him? Go ahead, yeah. Natalie. Um, even just last night, we were at the HSM worship night, and we had a big circle of everyone worshiping, and you could just feel the power of the pres- Holy Spirit in the room. It was amazing. Like, you just feel it on your arms and like, in your soul. Yeah, there are some people who will tell me, well, you know, when we talk about love languages, one of them is physical touch, and they go, well, you can't have that with God, but you did. Yeah. Yeah, you actually felt God. I've, I've more than once felt the Lord uh, a lot of times in worship. And I don't think I'm an overly emotional guy at all, but I can tell you sometimes that I'm worshiping God and all of a sudden the tears come. Yeah. And, and I'm just, uh, I, I'm beyond myself. Sometimes I've gotten to the point even of crying, crying. And Dean Hammer talked about that. Dean Hammer, who was studying people, uh, doing neuroimaging on them during moments of connection with God, said that what happens in that moment is that people are actually connecting to God. Now, he believes that because he's a man of faith. But he said something's happening where they're having some kind of a connection. Then he said this. The brain begins to release neurochemicals that make you more affectionate. Isn't that interesting? You actually become more affectionate. Because I, I don't know about you, but, but one of the reasons I, I, when I worship God, I actually feel more in love with him. But I got to be honest, I feel more in love with you guys too. You know, I, like I walk in and I'm like, man, I love you guys, you know, in this moment. And, and, and I'll, I'll walk out of the building and go, man, I just love those guys. And part of it's just the neuroscience of the connection that I had in that moment. Um, as a matter of fact, interestingly, Dr. Hammer said, what happens in your brain and throughout your body is the same as if you were to take ecstasy, but it's healthy (laughs) because ecstasy, what it does do, it creates an affectionate feeling. Uh, Hopefully here, nobody knows that, but, um, but you would have it happening. And see, here's my point. The Bible says we're in true connection with God. We draw near to God, he draws near to us. We connect with God when we lift up worship. If you've ever wondered If you ever wonder if God's real, I would actually say this. Actually start worshiping him. I mean, really sincerely sing the words with meaning from the heart, from the depth of your soul. Call out to God. 
do it again, do it again, and watch what happens. And you're going to begin to have an experience with a true connection with a God who loves you because he could not love you more than he does. Uh, it's interesting, Jesus, when he was talking with a woman who was in deep, deep need, he said to her, but an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God seeks people out who worship him, who want to connect with him, who want to experience him. And that's you. God loves your voice. God loves you. God cares about you. And God wants to be very, very close to you. You might say, well, you know what? Chuck, you're on the other side of a camera and you don't know what a mess I've made of my life. You might say, you don't know how bad, how bad some of the things are that I've done. And I can tell you what God does. God wants to draw you closer than ever before. God wants to heal the hurt and pain that's there. Maybe other people have done horrible things to you. God wants to come and take away the agony and, and what's going on. God cares about you. And the, one of the ways we worship God is with words where we say, I want to give my life to you. Because remember that praise, that prayer can be spoken or it can be sung. And right now there's some of you. You need to call out to God. You need to commit your life to him. You need, you need to connect with him. And right now, if that's you, either wanting to connect for the first time or to reconnect, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. And just think about the words and say them. Right now, I'm hoping God's beginning to touch some of you and there's a longing in your heart for that real connection with him. So maybe for the first time or maybe to recommit, maybe to find healing from something. Maybe just to say, you know what? I need, I can't let life go on how it's been. I want something new and God wants something new for you. Pray this prayer with me because God is seeking you. God wants you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would touch anybody who needs to commit their heart to you or open their life or commit their life to you or open their heart to you. I pray, oh Lord, that they would know that you love them. And I pray like uh, Evan talked about and I've experienced and many of us have, God, right now, they could right where they're at feel you. God, that something's happening inside and they know it. Something real is occurring. So God, for a, a man who's out there right now and he has messed up bad, he's hurt his family and he's hurt other people. And he's even thinking if they really knew how the depths of the depravity that has occurred, they, the shame would be too great and too deep for him to face. But Lord, he doesn't have to be held in bondage. He doesn't have to be kept in that pit. He can be free right now. And I, I think, Lord, you're saying to me that his family's waiting for him. Mm. You wait, you're waiting for him. You're longing for him, but so is his family. And I pray right now he's going to pray this prayer. I pray right now he's going to open up to you. I pray, God, for anybody else out there who just needs your love and they need your peace. They need your power. They need your presence. 
God, I pray right now they'd pray this prayer. If that's you, pray this prayer with me. Say the words, Lord Jesus. You're just calling out to him, Lord Jesus. I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross for me. And you died for my sins. I pray you'll forgive me and cleanse me from all my sin. I pray you'll heal me from hurt and from pain. And I pray you'll free me. I pray you'll free me from anything or anyone that's holding me down or holding me back. But most of all, I pray you'll make me yours. I pray you'll make me alive. And I pray you'll make me brand new. So I say yes to you. And if those are the only words you can say, if you just say, God, I say yes, I say yes. I say yes to you and the life you have for me. Then God's gonna hear. God's gonna honor that. God's love is coming. And he wants you. And if you prayed that prayer, praise God. Praise God you're saying yes to him. And if you did, I'm gonna ask you to do something. If you prayed the prayer in a minute, let us know, let me know, let us know so we can know who you are, so we can pray for you. Uh, we wanna send you a gift uh, that will help you grow closer to God. It's the book, The Purpose Driven Life that Corinne talked about in the video. We wanna send that to you for free. So to do that, text amen, text amen to 77247. Text amen to 77247 or go to crossroadschurch.family and, and you can click on I said yes. But if you did, if you prayed that prayer, I want to tell you I could not be more excited. But God is even more excited than I am. God has. Right. So praise God for you, man. Praise God. We'll see you next week when we pick up our series on connecting to God in deeper and more, more meaningful ways. But may God this week draw you close. May his love be upon you. May you experience his power, his peace. May you understand what it's like to be in connection with the Father's heart. God bless you and have a great night.